Ah, you damn right! Never thought I'd be so happy to hear Papa Emeritus and Ghost fire it up. By the way, they're coming to Coda later in the year if you want to check them out. Hope you're having a good Tuesday. We had a little bit of a weird Monday, but we are definitely glad to be here today. It's Chad and Zay on this Tuesday. Plenty of NBA to get into. There's football stuff to get into. There's even a does he get to keep his job discussion in the crap bag today. I'm Chad Hastings, and he is Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What up, though? Feels good to be back. Happy Tuesday, Herb Body Chad. How you doing? I'm good. Glad to see you. (laughs) <laughs> I heard you yesterday. I heard your voice. We put together a little podcast yesterday where Zay was breaking down the NBA. Was that good for you? Was that natural where you could just break it down without me interrupting? Did you enjoy that? Yeah. It went back to the right call days when your boy was dolo, just yapping about sports for an hour, <laughs> yapping about basketball for an hour, where people are like, yo, get this brother off the air. He needs some help. And that's what I got you for. I got oh. you to help to... You know, make things go a little smoother. But, yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Hey, it was good breakdown, and we had great games last night. Really good NBA drama. We will get into all of that uh, as we roll through. If you missed the podcast yesterday, you can check it out at hornfm.com. We ended up throwing that on the podcast page. Also, I threw a video out yesterday just thanking everybody for their patience in the whole situation. And if you didn't hear, I know there's some people out there that are kind of going with this idea of that there's some massive secret that's being kept and what exactly happened and all those kind of things. So if you haven't heard some of the um, you know the stuff that's been going on, the basics are um, this was certainly, you know, obviously above our level. It's not something that any of the on-air guys were really a part of, but it was about um, it was about bosses and the landlord essentially. Uh, and there was a little, you know, the the joke around our business sometimes is we're in the communication business and we can't communicate sometimes. It drives me crazy when people say it, but sometimes it's true. So there were some communications, miscommunications, and basically late, late Friday night, it was impossible for us to get in the building past a certain point. So when you can't get in the building, can't get to the studio to do the show. So they had to have the discussions and the talks and figure all that out. So first and foremost, we got to give the shout out to the bosses and the shout out to the landlord for getting things figured out. Uh, we do appreciate all of that, and we are told things are worked out, and uh, they, um, you know, have agreed to you know go have lunch today. Yeah, because it could have went Lamar Jackson, <laughs> and it could have been way different. But yes, we got yes. it taken care of. That's we right. back, and that's the most important thing. And by the way. Later on, if we do have like a one-act play of what happened over the last three or four days, I will be playing Lamar Jackson's mother, <laughs> just so you know. I'm going to go full-on Mrs. Doubtfire style. I'm going to go dress, wig, makeup. I'm going to do the whole thing. I'm going to be Lamar's mama. That's my. That's going to be my role. Oh, man. All right, so we are glad to be back today, and we thank all of you out there. You know what? And also, thanks, as I did yesterday, but thanks to the fans, first and foremost, because it's a silly, cliche thing to say, but if you weren't out there and you didn't care, we wouldn't have a job. So thank you so much. People reacting to say, oh, man, I didn't know I'd miss you guys, but I missed you guys. So that's really cool. I hope 
we get a maybe we did and you guys and maybe everybody involved gets a little more appreciation for this magical little thing we get to do every day we're glad that uh, we're with you again for those of you traveling on 360 on 35 all over town all over the country our man cb chris bennett out at washington state listening on the app people around the world it is a cool thing that we get to do so thank you for being there thanks to all of our great sponsors and partners for being uh, patient with us and continuing to uh, to support us and uh, and thanks to to the folks around here, man. I want to thank the coworkers because it was an easy situation to maybe flip out a little bit. But for everybody to try to take a breath, try to be as calm as they could. And I wasn't involved in the biggest meetings, Zay, but I was involved in some conversations where people that you and I both know and work with and and deal with on a pretty daily basis, man, they were busting their ass trying to figure this out. So I just want to thank all of them. Yeah, and thank everybody on the Specs text line that. People are coming in and already saying, is Chad going blackface? No, he said Miss Doubtfire. He's not going Medea. Y'all need to relax. I miss y'all's ridiculous comments. Appreciate uh, everybody. And, yeah, I'm just glad we got it taken care of. And we back to business, baby. That probably wasn't the best thing I could have said to start out with, <laughs> to be fair. And I see what they're saying. So, let me give a shout-out to my pops because my pops, he gave me a call this morning. It was like, hey, I know y'all are back. Don't take this for granted. Oh, I was like, man, go, Pops, CC. Pops, man, I appreciate that. Then he went another way because there's coaches out here wilding on air. So you mm-hmm. better be careful with everything That's true. you say. Be and very, I was like, you're right, yeah. Pops. You're right. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. I love the fact that your dad reached out to you because of the Bob Huggins story. <laughs> That's awesome. And every dad should – my dad should have done that today. Hey, dude, I know you've been doing this a while, but did you see what, what may happen to Bob Huggins? Bobby! We will get to the Bob Huggins thing in the crap bag if you Bobby. missed what he said. Oh, my God. We will not play it for you because we would get uh, taken off the air if that probably if it's, we you know played that uh, in its entirety unedited. You're uh, the best, Bobby. So we won't do that. My best. goodness. He's just the best, isn't he? We'll, we will get to all that. Plus, plus, we will get to the Longhorn football talk of the day because Longhorn fans – we pro- we have 116 days till you have a football game. We're just going to continue to remind you about the overall general feeling you need to have as a Longhorn fan to get ready for 2023 because a lot's being said about your football team. We're going to get into that at 1230. Right now, though, let's start with some of this incredible NBA action. Zay, I'll admit it, not once. I watched the last 10 minutes of Lakers-Warriors Twice. I had to go back and watch it again. The theater presented last night with everything that was on the line was flat out awesome. In his first year with the Los Angeles Lakers, Darvin Ham is coming in to the playoffs facing the four-time NBA champ Golden State Warriors, and he's out coaching Steve Kerr. And, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that Steve Kerr's doing a bad job. He's trying to play chess, too. But the buttons that Darvin Ham is pushing right now, like to have the confidence to play Lonnie Walker, you're tied 1-1 going back to L.A. Lonnie hasn't played majority of the playoffs, which I know Spurs fans, this might hurt a little bit, but Lonnie, he got that type fade. He thinking clearly. When he was in San Antonio, he had all the hair and stuff. That might have been mucking up his game a little bit. Now he in L.A., tight fade, thinking clearly, confident, and Ham giving them those minutes and the 15 points that he gave the Lakers in the fourth quarter, that was the difference. Going at Steph Curry. 
just going at him, knowing that Steph Curry on the other side is playing a different game than Steph Curry usually plays. Like Steve Kerr trying to play chess, he understands that, okay, Anthony Davis is mucking up the whole series down low. Every time we drive, he's there blocking shots, contesting shots, making us throw the ball out where we don't want to. So how do we get him out the paint? We got to put him in pick and roll. And they did a great job at that most of the game, but – That's not how the Warriors want to play. Steph Curry, even though we consider him a point guard, I do it in air quotes because he's that stature. He's not a true point. He's a scoring, shooting point guard and a point guard size. So majority of the the Golden State Warriors' success over the years has come from Steph and Clay running that motion-type offense, playing off of screens while Draymond's doing majority of the orchestrating. Mm-hmm. So now you're doing pick-and-roll game. That's it. Guys like Clay, they're not getting involved. Jordan Poole, where the hell is he? he has, he's been a no-show this series. Well, that's a rough. There's a lot of rough parts of that stat sheet for them. Poole was 0 for 4. Yeah. Going back to Kevon Looney. He was the reason why they won the previous series against the Sacramento Kings in seven games, out-rebounding Sabonis, getting 20-plus rebounds in three straight games. Is he, now, st- is he still sick? I don't think so. Four points, two for two, and that's it? Does oh. he have the vid? 11 minutes? He had 11. He barely had 11 more minutes than you and I had. Did he have it, Omiri, it didn't feel like it. Omari Khan? Ojari Khan? Does he have a different COVID that we don't know about where he's just not getting them in? What happened? Like, play him a little bit, but Steve Kerr's just so afraid because Anthony Davis is going to kill him. They have a new version called the Looney Flu. <laughs> the COVID Looney Flu. That's Yo, what he's got. It's, it's been a problem. And you know Dude. what, Chad? This kind of just goes back to how their season's been. Remember, their road record is trash, so mm-hmm. they just lost two road games back-to-back. By the way, and four. every game in L.A. they've played, they've lost to the Lakers. Do you see that? This whole season? I think it's an 0 for 4 now. That's 0 for brutal. whatever that – I guess it'd be four games they played overall. Lost them all. That's brutal. But yeah. people people forget. Like People think this is just the same team that came back and had nothing go wrong. So Steph Curry, he missed probably 30-something games. Mm-hmm. You had Andrew Wiggins miss 25 games. Both of those guys just get thrown back into the fire, having to play meaningful minutes just to get the guys into the playoffs. Hell, Andrew Wiggins didn't even play until the playoffs. Yeah. He really just got back. So and Before they even got started, the Draymond Poole thing. Yeah, the Draymond Poole thing. He's out here punching him in the face. Yeah. So that kind of that really started up all these issues. And then you think about Jordan Poole struggling and the way that he was playing throughout the season without – Gary Payton the second because they got rid of him and then they brought him back on a midseason trade or I think they picked him up off of waivers. So Jordan Poole, Steph Curry's out, you know, Andrew Wigginson's out. He's been he was the point guard the whole season. And now you're now he goes from the ball in his hands, kind of being the number one option, to the fourth. Like it, and that's been tough for him. He has not been able to figure it out. Plus, he got paid, so that's probably on his mind. Like, man, there's a lot of expectation and responsibility coming out of me, especially with the bread that I got with us winning the 2022 title, and he hasn't lived up to that. Mm -hmm. And there's some guys that thrive in those situations, and there are some guys that feel the pressure and get tight. Is there a negative to you that Steph Curry ends up with a triple-double? It's kind of a weird triple-double. It's a 30-10-14, and but that 14 needs to be something else, doesn't it? Doesn't well, that need to be somewhere else 
for them to be successful? Well, they were controlling the game, and yeah, Lonnie Walker, he stepped up, but the last two plays were awful. The plays that they had to end the game where Steph Curry got the ISO on Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis stuck with him. That's great D. Yeah, I was going to ask you as a basketball guy, like, did he just move his feet well enough that it made Steph give up and shoot? Because I'm just thinking, go buy him. It's Blow me- by you. He just done it. It's mental. It's it's a mental thing. Like, okay. for one, he's tired because Lonnie Walker's going at him on the other end. Sure. And now he's expected to make these shots. And Anthony, and he already, and Anthony moves well enough to make him think. Yeah, and right? he hit one on them early in that first half. Yeah. He got him on the same type of ISO, and he busted his eye on one of those <laughs> classic fadeaways. Yeah. And he was like, okay, maybe I could do that again. But Anthony Davis was like, nah, this is clutch time. I'm one of the best defenders in the league, and this is why I was the number one pick over 10 years ago. Because of this. That was his value coming out of Kentucky. Just his ability to move, block shots, his defensive presence. They didn't know his offensive game would come along like it did, which that's a huge plus and has made him a top 75 player of all time, which I don't agree with. I think Vince Carter and Dominique Wilkins should be in there. But that's a different story for a different day. I digress a little bit. (laughs) Anthony Davis is special when he's healthy. He's just never healthy. That's been his Achilles heel, pun intended. He's never been healthy his whole career. So, But when he is, he is absolutely special. And Draymond Green, after that Steph first miss and you get the rebound and you got Dennis Schroeder on you, go back up. He had him. Dennis Schroeder's like six foot. <laughs> he had him like five feet away from the goal. Go back up. He throws it out to Steph. Steph's probably like, what the hell are you doing? Right, you're right there. You're right there. And then he has to hoist up another bad shot. That was the other weird part of the ending. Those That ending sequence, not only are you not taking advantage of, you know, a big guarding Steph Curry. They were down one for both those possessions. Not two and certainly not three. And they acted like they had to have the three and because that's the DNA. Yeah, And I agreed with the TNT guys last night. I thought all those points in the paint early were going to really help them later, and then eventually they'd just hit a couple threes, and they'd be better, and we'd be at two all. But that's not what happened. They tried to go to their DNA, and they just missed. Steph took, I mean, excuse me, Clay took some really bad shots mm-hmm. in the last three minutes. He took a three from, hell, San Bernardino at one point. And it was a just a shot. bad shot. I'm like, man, Clay. You're one of the ones that could take that shot, but you got to understand you're not in the rhythm right now. And why isn't he in the rhythm? Because they're playing a style that they're not used to playing. Just give the ball to Steph and have him ISO or have him go pick and roll with Anthony Davis involved the whole game. So Clay's over here like, okay, I this is what coach wants, but it doesn't I'm not used to this. Yeah, yeah, Clay's not used to that. So he's forcing shots. And then he shot another one on the other side, which wasn't as bad. And there's a video, Chad, where you could see Clay and Steve Kerr, and Steve Kerr throws his hands up like, what the hell are you doing? We don't need that. And then Steve Kerr later on, the presser, when they asked him about it, because, yeah. you know, people saw it, sure. he was like, I want Clay taking those shots because he's made those shots for us before. Yeah. But, you know, that's a bad shot. And then that last play with Draymond Green, they tried to run that flare screen for Clay in the corner and LeBron and Anthony Davis. 
they just switched it so easily. Yeah. It was nothing. And Draymond has to know I can't get caught up in the air. Like, I'm going to have to take this layup. Nothing's available. I'm just going to have to take this layup, even though we're down by three because they played good D there. And yeah. I got to take what the defense gives me, and hopefully they can miss some free throws, and we'll see where we go from there. He didn't. He got caught in the air, turned it over, ball game. So this morning I heard J.J. Redick on Get Up talking about, you know, how to him that was Clay Thompson's fault on that play. Everybody wants to blame Draymond Green. He said, I think that's Clay fault he got himself trapped he needs to be there he's got to be there he said I've been involved in that play many many times you have to get yourself to that corner spot and you have to give him the option because that's what the play is designed to do Draymond's not thinking about the bucket there he's thinking about I'm going to drive get the attention and you got to be out there yep. and he starts to throw the pass it's not there Anthony Davis is Davis's defense you're right. Davis and LeBron that defense late was incredible, and then just watching the faces of the Lakers reacting to Walker's performance was so cool. I love it when that happens in the playoffs, when an unsung guy shows up, gets some buckets. It was 15 off the bench. It was all in the fourth quarter, and I think he played at Miami. Is that right? Yeah, went to for, Miami to you. For, uh, for Walker, and just that look on his face, the fact that he got to go to the presser and talk to the media – like, that's one of those where an athlete probably really appreciates talking to the media because they don't even know who he is, much less want to talk to him. That was awesome. And for LeBron at the end to say, hey, I've told him, be ready, we're going to need you. And I'm so glad to see him step up. Like, that's cool stuff. Yeah, and again, I said early on in this series, and the only game the Warriors won is the game that they let LeBron James take over and just took away everybody else. And they haven't been able to do that for the three other games, from Dennis Schroeder in game one to D'Angelo Russell dropping 21 in game two. I mean, game three. D'Angelo Russell, he didn't have a good game yesterday. So what Ham do? Put him on the bench, put in Lonnie Walker, and he ended up having a good game. He found game. somebody that could score. Yeah, yeah, so they just keep finding guys. Next game, it could be Hachimura. Next game, it could be Reeves. It could be any of those guys. But, they just have so many different pieces yeah. that could come in and produce. And the Warriors, though their other guys, Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson's had two back-to-back games in his hometown. All these guys, they're really struggling where usually they come through. Yeah, and Draymond's been, you know, he's been out of – I mean, he has not been consistent in terms of giving them scoring, and the, uh, they're just getting such inconsistency there. By the way, have we gotten to this point and not even said Austin Reeves' name? He had 21. Tough. Like, that's a weird, quiet 21 from him. With Walker's performance, with the defense at the end, he went 7 for 15, 3 for 6, 4 for 4. Hello. And – uh, what he did uh, four assists, two turnovers, and he's playing D. Whew. And he's playing D. I'm not saying he's out here locking up like Gary Payton or some, no. But he's moving his feet and making the other guys work. And yeah, he'll Billy Kobe. I did not think this fool was gonna be this good coming out of OU. I really didn't. And he was nice in the Big 12. First team all Big 12 guy. He was nice, but I thought he was going to be nice in Europe somewhere. Yeah. In Italy, killing. I know. Not it, in the States. It'd be really easy, and people have done it. It's easy to sit, to talk about him and make the Alex Caruso comparison based on pigmentation in one case, <laughs> but maybe based on a little basketball. Mm-hmm. This is what Caruso gave them, but a lot more, right? Um, or, or do you put him in that is, – is he doing exactly what Caruso was doing for them? To me, it feels a little more dialed up. Well, I'm, he's a lot smoother than Caruso. Okay. Caruso's more of a defensive first guy, and his defense kind of sets up his offense, where Austin Reeves is a 
offensive-minded player. And maybe that's what it is. It's the offensive side yeah, I'm thinking of. Yeah, okay. and we forget in that 2020 championship for the Lakers, Rondo was the third best player on that team after LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah, that's true. That's Ray, a good point. Ray John Rondo was incredible in the bubble. God, so, I forgot Rondo was on that oh, team. Oh, me too. Me too. I saw his son. Only reason why I remember is because I saw his son in some video that's circulating because he's now hooping and he's around yeah. 12 or 13 years old. But, yeah, Ray John Rondo, he was big for them. And, yeah, they just have so many different guys. Like LeBron, he didn't, didn't really shoot well yesterday. He had 27, but it took 25 shots to get that. And Anthony Davis didn't even get the ball at the end of the game. It was all going through Lonnie Walker and, you know, Braun and Austin Reeves. And, yeah, the, the Warriors, I am shocked how this series is going. I really am. I do agree with this texture. It says they weren't just going at him with Lonnie, but also LeBron in the fourth kept going at Steph. They just kept sending things towards Steph Curry, make him work a little on the defensive end to see if it would affect the legs on the other end, and it did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is also, somebody says, yes, I saw the stat. Golden State is 14-33 and 33 against the spread on the road this year. Yuck. That's nasty. That's tough. That is nasty. Thanks to that texter, which I'm not sure if that texter knows their name is Putz number 13 on the text line. So if you'd like us to huh. change that, we can always alter that for you. Uh, just let us know, Putz number 13. I like the name Putz number 13. It's kind Catchy. of sound, yeah. kind of sounds cool. Something we could remember. So let us know if you need that uh, need that one edited. The specs text line is three three seven three seven seven six. If you want to give us your thoughts on that game, obviously we'll get into the other game as well. It was pretty damn good too. Miami beating the Knicks by eight. Jimmy Butler being Jimmy Butler, and they did exactly what the Lakers did. They kept the home court they stole. They went up three one, and now both the Lakers and the Heat have the luxury of completely falling asleep the next game. They can both waste a game five if they really need to and then come back home and try to close the door in six. Tonight, we've got two two-all series in the NBA, which always is a very cool thing to watch. So we'll have that. Uh, more talk on the NBA coming up. In the crap bag, if you missed the college basketball story involving Bob Huggins, a radio interview and does he get to keep his job? We'll talk about that. Up next, though, let's talk about some college football. Longhorn projections starting to be to continue to come out nationally. Urban Meyer had some comments on the Longhorns. Plus, there's a bowl projection, Texas fans, that you're really going to love on three specific levels. We'll tell you about it on the Horn. Chad and Zay. Ah, all right, we're getting rolling on a Tuesday. It's Madonna, right? No. 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 It started it started and I thought it was Madonna and now oh don't. Um God I should know this. What's the song called? Let the music play. Oh, damn it. 1983. Yep, that's it. It's a single name? Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Who is this? I'm going to feel dumb when you say it. Damn it. All right, tell me. Shannon. No, I wouldn't have had that. Shannon? Yeah. Just one name? Just one name. Dude, I don't know Shannon. Shannon, my bad. My bad. Okay. That's too basic for a one name. It's a catchy-ass song. Very catchy. All right, Shannon, my apologies. 
Maybe been out of, been a little out of practice, you know, since the uh, first show of the week. All right. Uh, Shannon gets us started musically. By the way, speaking of music, we will have our album swap discussion this week. We've, uh, we're going to move it an extra day to give us time to listen, especially Zay, because he's got a kind of a longer album to listen to this week. Uh, the album swap will be Friday at 105. And I'm listening to A Tribe Called Quest this week. I'm excited about that. Never listened to an entire record of theirs. Low End Theory. This is the first Tribe Called Quest or just the best or one of the best ones for you? Uh, One of the best ones is the second album. All right, second album from A Tribe Called Quest. Ironically, you'll be listening to Metallica's second album as well. It's the first album I listened to. So my wife and I were talking about it. I said, what should I have him do, this album or that album? It may not be my favorite Metallica album, but it is the way I started listening to them, so I'm going to have you start the same way. All right. So Ride the Lightning is the first Metallica album for Zay in the album swap discussion, so we'll do that on Friday. Also, want to give a uh, shout out to our guy Mark Henry. Join uh, the event Friday, May 19th. Get it circled on your calendar. Mark Henry's Big Lift benefiting the USA Weightlifting Foundation. It's hosted by two-time USA Weightlifting Olympian, WWE legend, world's strongest man, and now uh, AEW's own Mark Henry. It's over at the Hotel Van Zant. They're celebrating great athletes of all sports who use weightlifting to ensure their success in their chosen sport. Visit the events calendar at hornfm.com for sponsorships, tickets, and to make your donation. We're hoping to talk to Mark about that a couple times. And I uh, am also told Mark's going to be on Sports Guys Talking Wrestling this week with Stu, getting everybody ready for that AEW event that is coming to town next Wednesday. Also, if you're an AEW fan, I think Stu may have already put a little preview out of his interview with uh, Adam Cole. Uh, if you are into, uh, if you're a fan of Adams and his comeback right now, Stu got an interview with him this week. So a lot of stuff going on in that world. Uh, obviously, a lot going on in the NBA. Yo, speaking of wrestling, let me cut you up, yeah. partner. Speaking of wrestling, did you see Bad Bunny's entrance this past weekend? I did not see it. Yo, I know they had their event was in Puerto Rico, and I have not heard the, the details of what Bad Bunny pulled off. What happened? You know, I love some wrestling. That was one of the dopest things I've ever seen. What the entrance to just the-, the entrance, like his own music. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Now, Everybody did he sing was his rap- way down. No, or, he didn't oh. sing his way. Everybody was doing that for him. Oh, that's cool. Everybody never heard that song in my life, and I, I know how big he is, but you know it's hard to. I don't speak Spanish. That's we, really it. We are really into an era of pro wrestling where the crowd, I think, more than ever, is kind of giving like the intros even more life. I mean, yeah. back back in the day, Kurt Angle had the thing where everybody was chanting "You suck" and stuff like that. Yeah. But now there's a few different guys. What Chris Jericho's doing in AEW? Uh, I just mentioned Adam Cole. Adam Cole's got a thing with the crowd that they get involved in his deal and they shout something out right at a certain time, right, right, or right. they'll chant it. Seth Rollins has it going on in WWE right now, where he can just say one word and they'll chant something back to him. The Rock used to do it. The Rock would do it, though, with just the Rocky chant. Yeah. He would just say, and they're going to say my name or say his name, however he would phrase it. And then they would just start chanting, Rocky, Rocky. But now it's sort of the musical part. So I didn't see it, but I'm not shocked, considering just how talented Bad Bunny is. They're in Puerto Rico for the event. So he was like the host, and they're in his homeland, and he's got his people chanting his music at him. I'm not surprised. And I bet the match was decent because he showed he was good at WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm very comfortable with my sexuality, Chad. Yeah? I can see why Kendall 
jump from Devin Booker to old boy. You can see why. I can see why she went from book to old boy. As good as book has been, missing like nine shots in the last two games, Bad Bunny. Yeah, something special going on right there. That's a sexy, sexy that's man, That's a huh? special dude. All right. To sing and to do that in the ring, that's a special dude. He's got a lot going on. Yeah. Got a lot happening. All right, a uh, lot happening around here. Uh, obviously, we talked some NBA. We'll continue to do that, and we'll get Zay's breakdowns on tonight's games. Two two all-series tonight. We're down to two out of three with Philly and Boston and with Phoenix and Denver. Uh, we are only 116 days away from the first Texas football game, Texas and Rice. I thought we would just reiterate a couple college football notes here because, Zay, I'm seeing more and more about your football team and how good people think they're going to be nationally. First off, you got uh, Urban Meyer uh, on a podcast talking to somebody about Texas saying, among other things, quote, don't sleep on Texas this year, man for man, roster against roster. It's hard to say Texas doesn't have the best roster in college football right now. Now, he went on to say the obvious of, well, they've got to play and they've got to live up to it and all that. But there you go. Now, some cynical Texas fans could say, well, there have been years that that's true. There have been plenty of them. And it doesn't end the way we need it to end. I get that. But just know that's the kind of stuff that's being talked about. And then this, Zay, I think is three levels of goodness for you as a Texas fan. Bowl projection from uh, 24-7 sports. Layer one. Baylor in the first responders bowl and K-State is in the guaranteed rate bowl. That's level one of happiness for you. Level two, OU's in the Alamo Bowl, A&M's in the Texas Bowl, and Texas Tech is in the Cheez-It Bowl. That's level two happiness. Level three happiness is that Texas is projected to the Rose Bowl to take on Ohio State in a playoff, in a semifinal. Mm. That is the discussion around your team. So I'm just checking in with you, Zay, 116 days away. Are you ready to fully embrace your Longhorn fandom? Are you ready to be Texas this year? Because you can't talk about under radar. You can't beg people not to to rank you early. You're going to need to lean into this thing hard. You good? Yeah, I'm good with it. I mean, at the end of the day, this is the University of Texas. It should be like this every single year. There should be expectations to win the Big 12 moving forward to the SEC and to be in the picture to win national championships. No questions asked. So, yes, I am good with it. Am I sipping that tang and not that Kool-Aid? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. I am not drinking that Kool-Aid. Oh, I don't I can't. Are you sure? I am sure. Because I think this year y'all need y'all may need to be with an IV with that with that yeah, Kool-Aid yeah. going straight to the vein this year. Yeah. Now, September 9th, that's gonna tell a lot very early of where the season could go and what could be. And I'm good with that. Uh-huh. So yeah, you know, we know what this roster could be. We saw the spring game. We saw or we've seen what Sark has done in the three years. He is right. He is starting to get his guys from mm-hmm. the line to start with Kelvin Banks to the wide receiver room of Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell. You're getting guys like John Tay Cook, J.T. Sanders, and 2024 mock drafts. Everybody has them going in the first round. Like, you got some, you got some dudes. Mm-hmm. Now, the defense, that's still some question marks there. Where's Jalen Callalon going to be? Will he be healthy enough to make it through a whole season? Right. Who is going to be right beside Jalen Ford? 
Is it going to be Anthony Hill? Is it going to be another one of those mm-hmm. freshmen? LaFowle, Morris Blackwell, et cetera, Dave Branda, all those guys. Who's going to step up and be maybe what we saw last year from Jalen Ford? And then when you bring in somebody like Tro Carter from Minnesota, that adds a lot of depth to the defensive line, especially to the interior. But what about the edge? You know, what's going to be popping with Justice Finkley? Is Colton Vosick ready to come along and do what he could, you know, really do? Um, excuse me, Ethan Burke, not Colton Vosick. Ethan Burke. I get those guys confused because they're both from Westlake. So how that's, how that's very dare easy. you? It's very easy to get those guys confused. I tell you all the time, all Westlake <laughs> defensive linemen do not look the same. you got to stop saying that. That is not ah, true. It's close. It's very close. Come on, man. But Ethan Burke, like somebody like him, will he be able to come along? There's a lot of questions. And then the biggest question of all, Where's Quinn Ewers going to be in year two? Mm-hmm. Has that leadership and that development and all those mistakes that we saw in year one, has that been corrected to where in year two you have the most confidence in him to get the job done and he can look like that next coming to Aaron Rodgers that he was supposed to be coming out of South Lake Carroll? Will that happen? And also, actually, another big thing, especially for you and I, what mm-hmm. we talk about is Sark's play calling going to fit the roster. Mm. That's a be- that's a good yeah, that's a good question. Because last year it did not. This year if he was I think if he was calling the plays that like he was calling last year for this team's roster, then I feel a little bit better. But we don't know how that's going to go. So I am hearing a lot of logic. I'm hearing a lot of questioning, and it does sound like you are sipping on the tang and not drinking the Kool-Aid. This texter says, no, don't drink that orange Kool-Aid, LOL. The next texter says, I'm drinking the (laughs) damn Kool-Aid, tang, whatever it is, bring on the SEC. And then the next texter says, I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid unless we're undefeated going into November. Now there's an that's an interesting boundary line to set. Undefeated going to November. Let us know what you think. Specs text line 337-3776. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to figure it out, Zay. If I was a Texas fan, a fan of a blue blood like this. I deal with it as a Cowboys fan, but I don't deal with it on the college level like you guys get to or maybe have to in in certain ways. Are you going to be able to enjoy 2023? Because if that person says, I won't drink the Kool-Aid unless we're undefeated going into November. But yeah, but then you might miss some September and some October and you might not yeah, enjoy it as much, right? Fun, yeah. Don't you have to just get your claws Oklahoma's into this thing? the 7th of October. Yeah, man. We got a lot of fun till then. This is going to be a wild se- And I understand. I get that you, know, you may feel like, oh, you've been sold a bill of goods and what if it doesn't go right? I understand. I'm just telling you all the talk that's out there. Heck, Zay, in this bowl breakdown, here's the way they explain the projected matchup of Ohio State and Texas. With a win at Alabama in week two, comma, that's how it starts. Beautiful. Early season college football playoff buzz will center on Texas. Will the Longhorns handle the pressure if they take out the Crimson Tide? That's the biggest question. Aside from the November showdown with LSU, it's Bama's most important game. It happens to come early for new offensive coordinator Tommy Reese and a first-year starting quarterback. Quinn Ewers is a potential 2024 first-round draft pick. So right now, Texas has a clear advantage at the most important position on the field unlike last season's game. Meanwhile, second-seeded Ohio State needs no introduction. There you go. That's how they're explaining themselves on that pick. So just know it's out there, Longhorn fans. 116 days away, you're not going to be able to hide from anything in 2023. So learn to embrace it, at least in part, because they are talking about you, 
And that game, like you said, that game on September 9th is big. Zay, I'll still say, I think there's absolutely a way that Texas can go to Tuscaloosa, put up a fight, and lose. Oh, yeah. And still find their way to a playoff because there's a lot of that other stuff they've been getting into. I'll keep saying nine over and over again. My thought for Texas is win nine games and then see where you are because they're not doing that consistently enough. But that's not what the big national buzz wants to talk about. They want to talk about Texas on that next level or that next level up from just a 9-3 and three kind of football team. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people look at the schedule and think it's weak. It's a little saltier than you would expect. Like, there's a lot of returning quarterbacks that we're going to have to face from Kansas, Jalen Daniels, Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel. You're going to have to face Hunter Deckers in Iowa. That's always tough playing against Matt Campbell's crew. Iowa they, State, yeah. They like yep. Shuck over there at Texas Tech. He looked good in that Texas Bowl game where they went 8-5 and five last season. Will Howard's back, and we saw what he did winning the Big 12 championship last year with Kansas State. you got to face all five of those guys. And... They're going to be a year more comfortable than they were last year. And even with this roster that we see with Texas and how good they are, there's just no room for mistakes. Like this, there's just no room for Stark to have mediocre play calling in the second half, Quinn Ewers to be overthrowing stuff. Like, there's no room for that because in year three for Sark, but when you're about to go to the SEC, you have something to you have a chance to do something special in the Big 12. And this roster is just too good not to be in the fight. Oh, last text that came in uh, from Chan says, "Can Coach Steven adjust in mid game? He's a very average coach against winning coaches. Not drinking it just." Yeah. All right. There you go. Uh, talking a little Longhorn football today, a little college football as we close in on the season. Obviously, basketball to talk about as well. Up next, let's talk about a basketball coach that said what on a radio show? We'll talk about it carefully because we don't want to get thrown off of this radio show. But the question is, does he get to keep his job? If you're a big enough deal, if you've got enough of a resume, and you say you're sorry and don't make an excuse... Do you get to stick around? We'll talk about it on the horn. Chad and Zay. Now that you get to that point, I recognize it. I didn't recognize it up to them. Almost sounds like some psychedelic Paul McCartney kind of a thing, but I don't know. Who is it? You're right. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. That's Paul? That's Paul coming up. Okay. Maybe that's why I recognized it. Weird. Yeah, there he is. I don't remember. I just don't remember it sounding like this. Coming up, yeah. <laughs> wow, okay, there it is. Paul McCartney and Shannon getting us started today. All right. Hey, there's a lot of weird Paul McCartney uh, and and Beatles covers out there. Maybe this is like a weird one. They're kind of he's kind of covered himself, um, a little funkier uh, than I would have imagined. Paul being, I kind of like that. The first thing I thought was, there's no way all these people were sober. <laughs> there's no way that got really psychedelic and funky real fast. All right. Yeah, and this album cover for Paul, it looks like somebody told them fish and chips were gross. 
Like he has this weird like. Like he's offended. Yeah, oh, very okay. offended. It's a weird look for an album cover. Yeah, that does not. Uh... McCartney two. I guess that's an album. McCartney too. Okay. Yeah, it's a weird, See, weird cover. I'm not as into the solo stuff of Paul's as I am the Beatles stuff, so maybe that's why I didn't quite recognize it right away. But I got somehow the voice. The voice just got in there. Uh, somebody uh, texted us on the text line. Remember, it's uh, 337-3776. Lakers close it out in Game 5. I told y'all, go find the text. We will believe you. Uh, who throws in a smiling emoji? No. We'll believe you that you uh, that you threw that in. They have a chance to close it in five. I'll be impressed if they do. I think we're going to see a little bit of a of a of a lax game from the Lakers in five, and they'll have a chance in six. But um, it'd be really impressive if they close it in five. I'll never count the Warriors out. I'll still go from the win these next three games. Yeah. They did it in 2016. It's the reason why Kevin Durant left to go join the Warriors when they knocked them out the playoffs. Oklahoma City Thunder. Sorry, Cameron Parker. I know this hurts. They were up 3-1 2016. End up losing. Clay has one of the best games in playoff history in game six. It mm-hmm. goes back to Oracle in Oakland. They end up winning in game seven. So they've done it before. And yeah, if the Lakers win this series, I think they all need to send a fruit basket to Mike <laughs> Brown and the Sacramento Kings for wearing the Warriors down in that brutal seven game series that we saw in the first round. I was thinking of the same thing, kind of the balance of it last night, where remember the Lakers had that chance to shut the door on Memphis, and they did it. Golden State had the same chance with Sacramento and didn't, and it went a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And you just wonder if the gas tanks have been affected by that long term. It's been a wild series, really fun to watch, Um, and it's 3-1 Lakers. They'll try to close it out tomorrow night. Tonight we've got Phoenix and Denver and Philly and Boston. We'll get you more on that. Uh, Let's get into the crap bag here. We'll talk about this Bob Huggins story because that's kind of where it belongs. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. This is just kind of one of those modern stories of do you get to keep your job? Maybe back in the day you did, but does he get to keep his job after this? Bob Huggins, 69-year-old Bob Huggins, legendary coach, goes on a Cincinnati radio show that apparently he's on, I don't know how often it is, but one of these, you know, they called him early in the morning and he made fun of one of the hosts and they were having fun and laughing and all that. And then they made a reference to Xavier. So back in the day, Bob Huggins was the coach at Cincinnati. Their big rival is Xavier. Xavier is a private Catholic school in Cincinnati, which will become relevant in the conversation. Um, He says, and this does get a little bit adult on one level here, so parents, if you're driving with the kids, maybe uh, adjust here. But um, maybe I can adjust the language for you. Uh, Bob Huggins says, quote, any school that can throw rubber... Phalluses? Let's go with that. Uh, on the floor and then say they didn't do it. My God, they can get away with anything. Um, one of the the hosts at one point responds with, I think it was transgender night, wasn't it? And when I heard that, Zay, I thought, I think they may mean that as a joke. Oh, wow. Do they mean that as a joke or do they mean that as an actual thing? I couldn't quite understand that reference. Then Huggins says... Here's the part that I'm not going to repeat word for word. There are two, well, there's three F words that we probably shouldn't be saying on the air. One of them is an obvious one. The other two describe the gay community. One of them is a shorter word that ends in G. One of them is a longer word that ends in T. This word is the shorter word that ends in G. All right, here we go. Quote, 
what it was was all those Fs, those Catholic Fs, I think. Oh, oh my god! One of the hosts laughed, kind of uncomfortably, but laughed. Then it added, they were envious they didn't have one. Then the host laughs again. Drop them. And then some version of, yeah, see there, Bill, Coach Huggins, is he the best or what? <laughs> that happens on the air. Yeah, I mean, was, oh yeah, he's the best. <laughs> he's yeah, the best. he's the best. He just, he's the best. Mike said one of the most offensive things you could ever say. And we come up with he's the best. Like, if that, if we ever got into that situation, which please don't ever put us in that situation. Yes, don't Radio do that. Guys. All coaches out no, there, don't coaches do that. Out, please, please don't. But for someone who's in control of the phone calls and the board, we're dropping Bobby right there. Robert, you're dropped. I don't care who you are. You cross the right. line. If, you're not gonna. You're not gonna put our jobs in jeopardy. Yeah. If that, sorry. Right. If that word is uttered by a guest, by a listener, anyone, uh, that would be a let's dump that and then. Yeah. All right. All right. All coach. right thanks, coach. L- literally <laughs> potting him down. Well, early in the morning, crazy stuff, and then you just keep going. Somebody texted us. Sure sounds like a drunk huggy bear. It could have been. Yo. A drunk guy. Oh, he was on one. The radio guys, in a way, did not help him, but he walked into that one himself. Uh, later on, he uh, he issued an apology. He said he wasn't going to make excuses. He just flat out tries to apologize. I deeply apologize to the individuals I've offended. Apologizes to Xavier, Cincinnati, and West Virginia. Of course, if you don't know, he's the coach at West Virginia right now, not Cincinnati. So all of that happens, uh, and this was on Sunday, or was this yesterday morning? This was on. This was yesterday. So yesterday morning it happens. By the afternoon, his apology comes out. A little later, West Virginia made a reference to it and said they were looking into it, I guess, and then said that you know the remarks were insensitive, offensive, don't represent our university, and all that. So Zay, in this day and age, and how reactive things can be. Does 69-year-old Bob Huggins get any leeway here, or is it over? It's over. It it should be over. Fired, gone, never coach again, retired early. The guy just got put in the Hall of Fame last year, and then he does this. He has over 900 wins, and even though he doesn't have that national championship, he's considered one of the greatest of all time. And, man, I'm not saying I saw this coming, but Bob Huggins always gives you uh, just an icky feel. like Kind of like when you're watching a movie and there's a villain, and you as an audience member, you know it's the villain, and they're like in some just normal establishment, like a restaurant or a park or something, but you're like, uh-oh, you kind of tense up because you know it's the villain and you know anything can happen, but the people in the movie, they just think it's a normal citizen. <laughs> right. That's Bob Huggins. That that's how I feel about Bob Huggins. You're like, okay, I don't know what's off, but something's not right with all these wins. Just his demeanor on the bench. He has that weird scowl. Like, oddly oh, enough, yeah. ironically enough, that's the happiest I've seen him ever like act. And there was laughing going, you know, yeah, he, yeah, laughing he was, and stuff. Like these are guys. It sounds like he gets along with on some level. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 just one of those like this is about. You know, we have no idea where his actions might go. I'm not going to try to to theorize on what he thinks of, you know, the gay community or people that are different. I'm not going to go into all that, but it's one of those things of how quickly and easily that word came out of his mouth. Twice. Twice. So then it's like, because oh, then if I'm an administrator, I'm thinking, oh, man, this is... <laughs> 
this is the guy that's going to go recruit for us and all that. Being the type of guy that seems old school and might have used that word at some point in his life, might have been raised around that word, might have been insulted with that word by his coaches year after year after year after year, all that's possible. But for it to come out of his mouth that easily in an interview in 2023, whew, I do not know if you can get the toothpaste back in the tube after yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, he was talking like he was just with the homies. Ooh, that's tough. Like he was just with the homies, not a care in the world. Like he wasn't even on air. Yeah, you know what the problem is? Is those kids? And oh, oh, easy, easy. What did you stop it? Yeah, Huggy Bear. There was something in that porridge right there. That's rough. Oh, that's rough. That is rough. And hey, we all have. We all have, you know, hopefully nowadays there's still communication out there where you can literally have any word in it you want as long as you and that person have an understanding. If you have a best friend in the world that you can get on the phone with and literally say anything, but both of you know that whatever, we're joking around, we're doing this, we're just having a discussion, that's fine. If you all know, if everybody knows the rules, but a Cincinnati radio show is not where you can do that. Somewhere on the Specs text line said, it's West Virginia. He stays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, and, and see, that now, but see. You, Y'all are out of pocket. You do bring up an interesting point. Here's, here's the point I've made over the years at different times. I think we are certainly, we have crossed a borderline where if this had been a racial comment, there's no discussion. It's over. It's over instantaneously. But over the last few years, we're, I think we're still, are, are we still in a time period where in a locker room machismo setting, homosexuality still gets joked about? Homosexuality still gets made fun of. Homosexuality still is the, still becomes something that guys will get on each other and a derogatory comment can be made and it's got that kind of reference to it does that still happen is it still acceptable in the sports circle that's what i'm that's why i want this one that's why this one to me it's it feels like there's a border line here because i could see the immediate sensitivity of nope that's it it's done but that world has been making fun of homosexuality for years right decades it's been going on and on and on and on and i just wonder Think about the people that will be determining this. They're old, too. Oh, yeah. They've been around a long time. And when they hear that particular word, I they may react differently than an 18-year-old, than a 25-year-old, than a 35-year-old does when they read it today and go, oh, my God, Bob Huggins said that on the air twice? Yeah, I don't know how he could be in somebody's home trying to recruit their kid and say, oh, I'll take care of him. I'll be a good role model. I'll be that father figure when he doesn't have his dad at home. Yeah. And you can look at Bob and say, okay. Sounds good to me. I trust you, Bob. We're gonna see that. I think that text of it's West Virginia, he stays, might be the weirdest one we get, but it might not be. I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm asking the question. Does he get to keep his job? We'll keep our eyes on that story uh, with Bob Huggins, but just to get that out there, that is uh, why you may see Bob Huggins discussed in this, uh, this last day or so. Coming up next, we will get Joe Cook on the show from Inside Texas and on3.com. We normally get him on Mondays, but we had the issue yesterday. 
uh, and we're unable to have the show. So we're jump. Uh, he'll he'll jump in with us next. Talk about Texas baseball getting the series win and keep getting that momentum. Uh, Hopefully keeping that momentum going for them. They have a game coming up tonight, obviously. Plus, we'll get Joe's thoughts on this Texas football team continuing to get all this love from Urban Meyer and others as we're 116 days away from their first game. Stick with us. Hour number two coming up on The Horn.